All right. Hello and welcome to the Understanding Podcast. This is a brand new thing for me. Uh, first off, I'm not a communications major. I'm not a, a a news major. I don't do this stuff normally. So this is all just genuine experiences and stuff. So it should be awesome. Uh, but to introduce myself, my name is Grace. I am a trans woman. I came out um, uh, about exactly a year ago, um, back in September of last year. Um, uh, the reason behind this podcast is I started off uh, a couple months ago really frustrated with some stuff that was going on in the world and with my life and how uh, people were just kind of treating me poorly and stuff. And that sounds like a little whiny, but like it just it was really frustrating and I couldn't just get my words out. So I decided to sit down and type out um, just frustrations to try to help understand people understand different situations that they're not in. Um, and that little paper ended up being 25 pages long. So I decided the best way to express um, these experiences and help people understand is by doing a podcast. Um, and that's what we're doing. So um, the whole point of this podcast is just to help people understand these types of situations. Situations that um, they've never been through, that they've never experienced. Um, and then this and the reason why I have guests on is so you hear multiple experiences. Because my experience will never be the same as somebody else's experience who, even if it's a similar experience, it's not going to be the same. So it's important to understand different views. So with me today are my good friend, Nathan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hello. <laughs> this is Nathan. And then uh, right next to Nathan, we have Taylor. Hello. Uh, Taylor and Nathan. Uh, I met these two separately. Nathan, uh, Taylor... And I were roommates back in 2018 when I first moved to Utah. Uh, and then I met Nathan a couple months ago uh, because of Taylor. And they're great. They're great people. Awesome people. And then we have uh, Miles. It's good to be here. All right. Miles, uh, met, Miles and I met back in 2016. Um, and, I mean, we didn't really know each other. We knew of each other. And we just kind of have gotten to know each other a little bit more, not a lot, but it's great to know Miles and great to know um, that I wasn't alone back in 2016. That was a fantastic thing to learn. Um, so today the topic that we're going to talk about is um, growing up um, in the, uh, growing up in the LDS church um, while being a part of the LGBT community, um, our kind of our experiences before we came out, when we were getting ready to come out, and experiences after the we came out. Um, one thing I do want to make clear, uh, make known though, is, um, and I've talked to everybody beforehand. Our goal of this isn't to try to um, uh, tell people to leave or join the church. We're not. We're not expressing, um, we're not going to be naming specific names of people we've met. All we're trying to do here is just share our experiences of what we've gone through. Um, so it may get hard to, for, for those members of the church, it, it may be hard to hear that 
this can happen for those who are uh um oppose the church i mean just keep in mind we're not here to devalue somebody's religion we're not here to uh discredit people for what they believe period i just want to get that out there so if it gets to a point where it's like hard to hear just understand that these is this is what we've all ex- we've experienced personally and this is just how it it's been for us and just try to listen and and, and don't jump to judgment um i guess is what i really want to make sure everybody understands it's just just try to understand um uh, and that's all um so i'm going to go kind of i'm, I'm going to go first and try and go through kind of my experience and then I'll let the other three go through theirs. Um, so if you never knew me in person before I came out, I'll give you a quick description of what I looked like near the end of high school. I was a six, five, uh, facial haired, very lean, athletic person. Um, so a lot of people have told me that, like, oh, I had no idea. Uh, that you never gave any tells. And I just want to say right there, if you're looking for signs and tells of somebody who you might suspect to be gay or transgender, stop. You've already made a mistake. Um, you should never rush to think, oh, well, that person might be such and such. Don't ever rush to assume that. I mean, because everybody assumed that I was this hetero, straight male and obviously that is not the case but just keep that in mind um so but to go back a little bit um growing up uh i used to uh i used to go to my sister's um dance recitals okay and i would notice that they would dress up and they would look pretty and they would look beautiful and it was always emptiness of that and stuff and then that just kind of was how my life was. I just was never really comfortable about about who I was, my body. I was always trying to find opportunities to uh, not be me. Uh, I was trying to find new ways to just kind of get away from who I was. Um, and then uh, all, during my entire life, I've been a member of the church, and I've been I've been hearing. Um, boys got to conform to this, girls have to conform to this, where we separate different things so people understand where they should be and stuff. And it just never kind of seemed fair to me in a way. Um, and then uh, life kind of went going on a little bit. I, I just kind of started to like rep- repress or trying to repress like these, these thoughts, these feelings, um, just because boys do boy things, boy, girls do girl things. I mean, there's not... I was growing up with that idea. There was nothing separating. There was no. There was no leaping over and stuff, and, and going outside of the norms. Um, and then when I was in middle school, uh, my friends and I would go and we would do these costume contests uh, at, just for fun and stuff. And we would go and uh, we would put on a we would just make a hodgepodge of different costumes and try to make the most unique one and whoever did won. um and what i would try to do is i would try to use this as to my advantage and any of the like the more feminine more 
princess, whatever, those kind of related costumes, I always gravitated towards those because I knew this was my only chance to do something like that. Um, and uh, one day my dad pulled me aside and said, why are you doing this? Uh, boys don't wear girl clothes. Boys wear boy clothes. Girls wear girls clothes. Um, and then that was that was it. I, I felt embarrassed of what I had done. I felt like, oh man, I, I shouldn't do this stuff. Even though deep down I was like, but it felt normal. It, it felt like, it truly felt like I was being who I was and stuff. But because of the way my uh, dad grew up, the way my mom grew up, that was just the normal. And I don't, I don't blame them for, I don't blame my father for telling me, oh, you can't do that. That's what he knew to be the right thing. And that's how it, that's how it was for him. So I, and so at that point I decided it's time to push down any feeling of, uh, this, what I felt, uh, it's time to push that down and just move on. Yeah. Maybe it'll, it'll go away and stuff. And then in my f freshman year of high school, I was watching something in health class. Uh, it was the uh, What Would You Do TV show and like situations um, where people are put in a scripted situation, but they don't realize it. And then one of them was about a trans woman. And, and um, it, I'm not going to go too big into detail, but I they kept saying transgender, uh, a transgender woman. And I had no idea what that was. I, I mean, I grew up in Utah. Um, that was never talked about, uh, in any of the schools that I went to in Utah ever. Um, it was always, uh, boys go through this puberty, girls go through this puberty. There's, that's it. Nothing else will ever happen with the way people grow up and stuff. And so hearing transgender, I was like, that's, a new thing. So I went home and I like did some research and that's when I first realized that I was transgender. It was my freshman year. And I just did nothing with it. I just kept bearing it down. I kind of went through high school becoming more and more um, masculine. I had kind of long hair at the beginning of high school and by the end of high school I had gone to um an EFY I had gone to multiple youth conferences over the summers and my hair had gone from a little bit shorter than what it is now to short it was very short probably about the length of Taylor's hair just a little bit longer it, it was short um and that's just how I kind of started dealing with uh, trying to hide who I was. Because I knew for a fact that if I ever came out, uh, I would lose many friends. I could lose family. I could, um, uh, I would be uh, kicked out of the church for uh, who I was. Um, and that's just what I had come to agree, to agree upon in my mind was just, I can't, can't come out. Um, and then through high school, I was in seminary and all that stuff. I was uh, going to church every Sunday. I was just listening to all this stuff. And there was one, um, there was one Sunday 
where they were talking about uh, gender, and I, it, I, it made uh, it's really hard to talk about just because the embarrassment I felt for like these the thinking I was transgender at the time and stuff and like being like oh this is they talked about gender and families and stuff and how that you can't have a good family I remember specifically somebody was saying some it wasn't the person who was speaking but somebody said well I don't think you can have a good family if you're gay I don't think you can have a good family if you think you're a woman or something and and the the guy talking kind of ignored it but like everybody was kind of like in a silent agreement just like oh yeah if you're if you're any of this you can't have a true family you can't have a good family and so then i just was like it was in my mind for months afterwards and i was like well i mean i want to have a wife i want to have just that family i mean no matter what happens because i knew that going through uh, a transition, you kind of, for uh, trans women, you kind of give up the uh, ability to have any children of your own unless you do, like, stuff to before you start to transition. But I knew that was the case and stuff. And I, I was like, well, if I want to have a good family, a, a, a true family, I can't ever come out. And I... Honestly, at that point, I thought to myself, okay, I'm I, again, I'm never coming out. I, it's not going to happen. And then we fast forward to end of high school. Um, there was a lot that I, a lot that I'm so sick and disgusted, uh, like things that I would say about uh, transgender people just to try to get the idea that I can't be transgender, just to keep that in my head. And the things I said were disgusting. Just and that's like what I would say with all my members of the my friends that were members of the church. And it was just like, oh yeah, ah, that's funny and stuff. And like, I'm kind of like, like I said, I'm just sick at the thought that I used to say stuff like that. Because um, uh, I've gone, I've been out for a year, and the amount of times that, like. I've heard those things said about me. It's just, it's hard. Um, so, and that's just a normal thing for, um, not a normal thing, but it's a thing that like, isn't really like, that from my experience, talked about the church, like, don't be transphobic, don't be homophobic, don't be just saying these nasty things. And it, it was just, it was something that like, I had started started to do to try to repress these feelings and thoughts again. Um, and then I made the decision to go serve uh, a mission for the church and stuff. And um, I had to... For, and, and everybody thinks that I came home early from my mission because of being transgender. Again, that wasn't the case. I came home because I had a, I have a, a horrible back, so that's that's the real reason why. I don't know why people just automatically assume, and people will assume. Um, but the entire time I was there, 
I tried my hardest not to think about anything. Um, I tried really hard to just bury everything down, and it was near impossible. I, I could not do it. Uh, anytime I was just alone, anytime I could, anytime I would go to like the mall or something on uh, RP days, I would see cute outfits. I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's super cute and stuff. I would see stuff that I'm just like, oh man, really sucks that I've decided to never come out. Um, and the hardest thing that was that I did on my mission was just to say was talk to talk about um, being gay or being transgender with people who were gay. I, I taught uh, one person and I just everything that I was saying, I just felt like I don't want to hurt this person on a, a personal level. I just I like it was really hard to get across that oh yeah if you do anything with another man you are a sinner you are a terrible person and you basically cemented your place in eternal damnation forever um and it it was really hard to try to tell people to be something that they're not I mean, because I knew how hard it was for me to, like, be told, hey, boys wear boy clothes, girls wear girl clothes. That was really hard to hear. So me being, hey, you have to hear this, uh, was just, it was really hard. Um, and then I came home, and I was really, really struggling with um, a lot of stuff in my life. I had, I was in, in this rut. I mean, I hardly ever... The friends that I had before my mission, I hardly ever saw. I mean, because my life moves on and stuff, and you're not always going to be the same. I mean, your relationship with people from high school isn't always going to be the same. So I was going through a lot, and one of the things that I decided to put more thought into was me being transgender. And as soon as I started um, getting these thoughts again of, like, maybe I should start working towards coming out. Maybe I should start talking to people about this i should see somebody as soon as that happened uh it's not like like this happened and then this happened they were they were around the roughly the same time um i got a call to teach um the young men and young women in my ward and i was like huh well i'm not gonna say no but this does kind of put a damper on what i was planning on doing and stuff so I just was like, you know what, let's do it, let's try it again, let's try to push this stuff back down and not not worry about it. And it just made things worse. Uh, my life was just going in a huge spiral, down, a downward spiral. Uh, the more I tried to hide it, the more I, uh, the, the more awful I felt every day. I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. So I ended up uh, deciding that I need to, I needed to just get a fresh start and move out. And so I moved to Utah uh, to go to school and I met Taylor and it was great. And then I kind of was being a little bit more true to who I was. I bought shoes, I bought uh, 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 more feminine clothing and stuff. And it just, 
it felt so natural. It felt so normal for me. Because, like, growing up, all I wore was basketball sh- shorts, t-shirt, and a sweatshirt. And that was it. And then finally, just doing something that looks <laughs> not lazy was just so such an amazing feeling. It just made me feel so good about myself. And that's when I decided to come out. Um, I... Well, I started the process of coming out. I told Taylor back in the uh, beginning of 2019. And then I told my girlfriend who I was with. And then it kind of just, we, I kind of went and saw a therapist and we talked about um, uh, just what scared me the most. And, the, and the, we talked about this every single time. The thing that scared me more than anything was being disowned from my family. Having my, uh, my family just absolutely just cut cut off all contact with me and stuff and um my therapist kept saying well you don't know if that's going to happen and I was like you're right I don't know but based off of what they believe and what they've been taught their entire lives I have no idea I they could and if to be honest I would have been more surprised uh, at that time, I would have been more surprised if they had just been like, you know what, that's okay, and they accepted me, than if they had just cut off communication because I was so scared, just based off of what they had been taught for their entire lives. So it was terrifying, um, and so I finally decided one day. Well, I actually kind of didn't decide. It decided, uh, kind of life decided for me. My mom gave me a call one day and said, hey. I have a uh, a uh, medical bill for you that says you went and saw a therapist. I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, um, what'd you see a therapist for? I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lie about it. It's time to come out. And I was just like, I've been seeing a therapist because I'm transgender. And my little sister was in the car and, um... I went and talked to my older sister after I came out and stuff. And I already told my older sister, and she was totally fine with it. And um, my older sister told me that, uh, like, the day before, my little sister had texted my older sister and said, Hey, you're like the... She said... um, something, something. They were talking about me and my two brothers, and they're like, well, you're my only sister I've got, so you're the best one I have. And then instantly when I came out, my little sister texted my older sister and said, oh, never mind, you're not the only sister anymore and stuff. And that was, like, really heartwarming. Um, so my uh, my two sisters had an easy time with, like, I mean, not an easy time, but they were just ready to be like, okay, let's accept Grace for who she is and stuff. Um, my mom obviously struggled a little bit and stuff and she called her her sister and her sister reached out to me and stuff like hey we're here we're here for you um but my mom was ready to uh on that phone call my mom was ready to um work on accepting me and stuff uh just instantly which was a a miracle i was i was never more relieved and stuff um but Obviously, she was gonna. She said she was gonna need to take her time, and I was okay with that. And then I came out to my brother. He was okay with it. And then the hardest person I ever had to come out to was my dad. And I had Taylor come over because I just needed somebody there. Um, 
and I needed to, and I had to tell my dad. And a little backstory about my dad. My dad grew up uh, not a member of the church, and then he converted to, uh, uh, to be a member and stuff. And I was more worried about him because he's gone through the process of not being born in the church and stuff, and then being taught the teachings and then joining the church. And I was terrified because, I mean, he went from not being a member to being a member. So how is he going to take it when his kid goes from being a member to being transgender? Um, so I was terrified. Um, and so I finally told him and he was fine on the phone. Um, and then it just kind of got pretty bad. He was, he was frustrated with me. He was angry at stuff. He was trying to find something to blame. And another quick side note, one thing that you do not want to do when somebody comes to you and comes out as anything, do not try to find something to blame. It, it's a it's an instant reaction. Everybody does it. But you've got to try not to blame something. Don't blame the person. Don't blame uh, their friends. Don't blame yourself. There is no there is nothing that goes into controlling that. You cannot blame anybody. You just have to be ready to work towards accepting it. Um, and just saying, don't blame somebody, uh, that could mean nothing. People will still find try to find something to blame, and that's fine. But just keep in mind that there is nothing... To, you can't put blame on anything. It's just how life goes for people sometimes. And it's fine. I mean... It's not like I came out and said, yeah, I'm a murderer. I mean, there is, there is, a, I mean, in that situation, it's a totally different thing and you can be angry, but something that you don't have control over, that's something that you've like, people have struggled with for a long time I and mean, people will go through their entire life and never come out. Please don't try to blame something, uh, especially the person who's coming to you that it's, it's a really hard thing for somebody to hear. You finally get to the point where like, okay, I think I can tell people. And their, their first reaction is they're blaming, they're now blaming it on you. And you just feel awful. You just feel completely invalid of who you are then. Um, but my dad worked through it. Um, and uh, now he and I are back to where we were before I came out. I mean, he calls me, uh, he calls me the same thing he'll call my sisters, which is, uh, like, how's it going, beautiful and stuff. And it's a really heartwarming thing to hear. Um, but if you notice with my story, going through growing up, the only thing that I struggled with was just inner thoughts because of what I'd been taught in church. Nothing really, because I, again, I had no, no signs, no tells or anything because that's not always going to be the case. Um, so there was no way of knowing that I was transgender until I came out. My struggles didn't happen until after I came out. After I came out, I, I, I still, I'm still living in Utah. Um, and it's never been a harder thing to experience. Um, I will go to Nordstrom Rack or Ross and I will be trying on shoes or I'll be picking out clothes. And if people notice that 
I am picking out in my sides or they see me picking out shoes, they'll come over to me and they'll just start screaming at me and be like, well, this is against what God teaches. God hates you. All this stuff. I mean, I've been called horrible slurs in in public in front of people and just have felt awful. Um, I have people who on Facebook would message me and be like, well, here's articles that tell you that uh, based off of this scripture, you can't be transgender. Uh, I've, I've had... Uh, I've had people uh, send uh, the LDS missionaries to my apartment to try to uh, convert me from being transgender and try to bring me back to the church. And it's just, it's not healthy when you have somebody, when you have somebody in your life who is going through this process of coming out and all this stuff. And it's it's not a healthy thing to go and just instantly bombard them with, well, guess what? You're not valid because this scripture says you can't exist or this says you can't be who you are. It's devastating to just have people just constantly um, come after you. I had um, somebody that I knew um, because of work, I knew this person, um, I'm not going to say exactly how, but I knew this person and I had never reached out to this person on Facebook. I had never done anything. And I came out and like a week later, this person reached out to me and messaged me and said, well, I don't want you doing this anymore because you're transgender and that just makes uh, God unhappy with who you are and stuff. And I was just like, what? you and I have never interacted outside of the few interactions we've had. And now you're saying this to me, you feel comfortable enough to just attack who I am as a person. And it was just, it was just being out in a very religious state is very hard. Um, when I was getting ready to come out to everybody, my, my parents told all of their siblings, told their parents and stuff. Everybody was worried about me coming out based on the fact that I live in Utah. Everybody was telling me, hey, do you think it's a good idea to stay in Utah when you're coming out and stuff? Do you think you should move back to Oregon to be with family and stuff? Cause, and they would say it's, it's because of two things, the very conservative views of the state and because of the church. Um, and I had people telling me like, are you sure you wanna come out in Utah? Uh, move back to your parents' house. It's, it's, it's safer to be in Oregon than it is Utah. And I think that's just one of the, the things, reasons is why a lot of people don't come out is this whole idea that Utah being where a majority of the LDS, uh, uh, the people who are LDS live, it just makes a very hostile environment. And sometimes that can be true, yeah. It, it is it is true. I mean, I've experienced it. Other times it isn't true. Um, and people can be ready to accept you and be helpful. But the thing is, there is that stigma because the members of the church, and, and this is, and I'm going to say something, um, members of an organization don't always reflect the organization itself, Okay. So in the, in the case of the church, I mean, if you were to like break down the, the main teachings of the church, that's what you want to look at. You don't want to compare it to the members. Um, 
And that's been this biggest struggle for me is the members. They'll tell me that I'm invalid when in reality they should just be preaching the right things and not the things that they think are right based on things that they think they know. And if that makes sense. And it's just really hard to go through a system that is designed to be against you. Uh, but be okay with that um but i mean back to my story being out has been the hardest part obviously and that's i think that's pretty uh universal for a lot of people is actually coming out is very hard i was lucky i went through um my life not being ridiculed for being girly not being uh teased for having uh a high voice, which as you can hear, I do not. I, I don't have a high voice. I have I still have a very low voice that I'm trying to change because of therapy. Um, but because of the, the way people are taught and the way um, people inject their own beliefs a little bit, that I've become a like a uh, a number one target of attack for the for members of the church and like i said it's not everybody i mean if if it was everybody and that's how everybody reacted i would have been disowned by my family i wouldn't have i wouldn't have talked i wouldn't we would have gone a year without me talking to my family but that's not the case what i'm trying to get across here is just the most important thing to understand is People like myself go through a lot of struggles. It's hard to come out and stuff. And being you, you're you putting your religion in front of being a good person just because you think that um, you need to force something on somebody. You just the first things you got to do is you just got to be there to be a friend. That's what a lot of people need. Uh, in the LGBT community is that friend is that is that somebody who stays by their side um, and that's that's all that it helps so that's kind of that's kind of my experiences it was kind of all over the place but um, to kind of sum it up my life was easy um, on the outside but it was incredibly hard on the inside just based off of what I was taught the things that uh, my parents, uh, put forth on me and stuff. It was just, on the outside, my life was easy. On the inside, I was always, always unhappy. I mean, now, after coming out, on the outside, people yelling at me, people ridiculing me, yeah, that's hard. But I am way happier on a daily basis than I ever was. And that's like the most important thing to me is just the fact that now I am finally at a point where I look at myself in the mirror and think, oh, well, yeah, you're still transitioning, but guess what? You're transitioning. You're finally at a place where you can be happy. So that's my experience. The next person we're going to hear from is Taylor. All right, Taylor, take it away. Ooh, me. Okay. <clears throat> oh, where to start? Okay, well, um... Um, to start, I actually grew up as an only child 
in the um, uh, adopted actually. I was adopted within my own family. Uh, my adopted parents never had children of their own. Um, my father was in the Navy, so he moved around a little bit, so I never had a place to really call home. And so my growing up experiences were kind of shifting all the time. Like there was never like this feeling of like, oh, everything is going to be like this for a couple of years. It was like things changed pretty frequently um, until I got about to be 12, 13 years ish, years ish old when I started getting those talks in church because my family grew up LDS uh, since pioneer days, very conservative, religious, um, never missed a week of church, that kind of family. But we started having more and more lessons on like law of chastity. And we started having more lessons about how the young men should treat the young women. And they would always talk about, you know, they start talking about, you know, sexual urges. And I was always kind of confused because I'm just like, you know, they kept saying like, you're going to have strong feelings for women one day and that's going to be really hard. And I'm sitting here thinking like, I, <laughs> like, I guess that's what happens. I, that's what they keep telling me. I guess that's what happens, but nothing happening. And <laughs> so that continued for a while. I, I never felt like I was different. I never felt that I was like an other. I just felt indifferent, I guess. Like, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. It's like, I never questioned my sexuality, really. Like, I, it never really came up, really. I was just like, oh, I find, like, guys more attractive, I guess. Maybe? Is that what you call it? I don't know what this is. But it never really came up. You know, whenever I'd be inside Bishop's interviews, they'd always ask me, have you looked at pornography? And I would say, no, I haven't. And they always gave me this weird, like, <laughs> You're not Really? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I haven't. You're not supposed to? What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I was just like, uh, the, is that abnormal? Like, am I, should I be? Is that what you're telling me? Like, no, obviously not. But I <clears throat> never really had to kind of reconcile myself until about high school when a, um, an acquaintance of mine, who I didn't really know that well, he was a lot more flamboyantly acting. Uh, at the time, we didn't know he was gay. No one knew. But at the time, he acted very flamboyant and was unfortunately bullied um, in one of my English classes that I was in from two people spreading rumors and passing notes to each other in the middle of class calling my acquaintance, friend, whatever you want to call him, you know, the F slur, all sorts of derogatory remarks about his voice, about how he's acting. And all of these things were read aloud to the class. All of them. From the notes that these two 
um, other people were spreading back and forth about this individual. Um, and that wrecked him. That wrecked him a lot. In fact, he struggled a lot in high school. And I went to a private Mormon-based high school where we prayed before the start of classes. We, you know, read scriptures and everything. And seminary was a part of our typical, like, school time. It wasn't like before school. No, it was actually like in our school time. And so I said to myself, I think without really saying to myself, but implying to myself, oh, dang, I can't do that. I can't act that way. Because if I do, then I will receive the same treatment. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, now the realities of being a young gay Mormon person are starting to set in a little bit more. Um, I had never come out to anyone except for a couple of friends I used to play video games with just to kind of test the waters being all like, Oh, well, I don't know them in real life, but we're good friends online. So maybe I, it, it felt better, more anonymity. And of course the first thing my friend says to me when I say, Hey, I think I'm gay is he says, well, are you sure? Have you ever had sex with a woman before, you know, a cis woman before or anything like that? And I say, no, I, no. Well, then how do you know you're gay? Okay. Now, granted, I, I didn't have enough of a, you know, capacity at the time to really come up with a good response of, well, how do you know you're not gay if you've never been with a man? But alas, whatever. Um, but, but I had a, another friend of mine also who we, I played video games with at the time where I told him the same thing and he was like, oh, okay, cool. He was a little bit more accepting. Um, not much else happened. Um, but I decided to serve an LDS mission, um, where I, you know, I was actually, um, during the process of being interviewed before being able to go on a mission, you know, they sit you down for lots of interviews and stuff like that, seeing if you're worthy, this and that. And my stake president for the last interview asked me, do you have same gender attraction? And I was kind of taken back. I'm like, uh, oh, and I, I answered him the only way that I knew how to for years, which is basically to lie, to say no because I knew the consequences of saying yes from years and years of seeing it happen, of seeing my family making disparaging remarks about prides and about gay things. And so I told him, no, I don't. And he's like, okay, he signed me off, went on my way. It wasn't until the mission when I really started to like, being like, you know, my companions keep talking to me about like, who are you going to marry? What do you find attractive in a girl? And all those late night pillow talks of, you know, you going on exchanges with someone and you're sleeping next to them. And they're all like, so which sister in the mission do you think is cute? And I was like, I, I guess this one, 
I guess. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, she's cute. Okay, yeah, good choice. (laughs) (laughs) You passed. You passed the vibe check, I guess. And so I, one day when I was with, I think, my, my third companion, I believe, we started talking about that stuff, and it was a very deep conversation we were having. He was telling me about his struggles, and he... And then I decided to share my struggles. And one of the struggles that I shared with him was, I think I'm gay. And now he was the very first person to, for me to know personally, in per- and like to come out to someone in person that I actually had a, a decent relationship with that wasn't just from online video games from my teenage years. And that point i think was a really transformative point for me because that was the point where either this goes well or it doesn't and i continually force myself back into a closet um but luckily it actually went well he said i'm really glad that you're out here i i don't know how that feels but i'm really glad that you're out here helping people and i'm all like okay that's good. That's decent. I like that answer. That was a good answer. Um, I told a couple of other companions during my time on the mission, um, but some of them did not have as good of a response as I wish they would have had. Um, One of them said in a kind of, I guess, semi-joking, but kind of not, you can kind of tell when people are kind of joking, but really not. He said, if you ever have a boyfriend, I'm going to have to come beat you up or something. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, oh, don't worry about those. I'm going to have them. Ha 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 ha. And, and, and that's kind of the conversations that I kept on having with individuals on my mission. You know, I had to, you know, I thought I had an epiphany moment on my mission where I thought if I fake it, I can make it. I'll find a woman that I can marry. I'll fake it till I make it. Because that was the advice that another missionary gave me. He's all like, just fake it till you make it. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that, you know, I think that's right. I think I'll do that. And then, of course, I had all sorts of other experiences from my mission, but those aren't as important as the what happens after my mission, actually. So after my mission, I come home. I return with honor you know, blah, 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 whatever. And my next step in my journey was, again, being a very closeted to everyone else that I knew personally back at home uh, living in Utah. But, you know, somehow hoping for a miracle, basically. Hoping for this miracle of, I'll find a woman somehow, some way, but at BYU-Idaho where I went to school for a little bit. So I went to BYU, Idaho for a little bit. And I didn't know anyone there, had no friends, went there and I'm all like, all right, this is it, like three, four years. Hopefully I can find a wife. And so I never tried dating apps really I did a little bit before I went to BYU, Idaho, and I did have some experimentation with some guys, but I was never going to be serious with any of them. But BYU, Idaho is what really started to change me a little bit, where every week my parents would call me at BYU, Idaho, and they would say, 
how are the girls in the ward? Are they cute? And I'd be all like, oh, no, not really. I'm not really in the any of the ones in the score. And they're like, okay, maybe next semester. But, you know, just always having this reminder, especially going to a church school where every Sunday it's like marriage, 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 marriage. Every class, marriage, 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 marriage. Um, I was starting to kind of like lose a little bit of hope. I'm all like, you know, it's been like a year and a half. Nothing's happened. Um and I found some gay people up there that I'm like, oh, gays up here? I didn't know this. And started to make some more friends and, and started to date more up there, secretly, of course. And it's such, it, it's almost like a, you know, I look back at it now as a feeling of, growth of the abilities of myself to i mean one to keep gay dating a secret you know but also two unfortunately that helped my ability to lie a lot more was all the secretness that kept on developing because you know you never people take people take this for granted all the time when it's like, you can go out in the street, hold someone's hand, if, you know, man and a woman, and no one bats an eye. No one bats an eye. You kiss someone, no one bats an eye. But the feeling of constantly being watched at a place like BYU, Idaho, would become deafening at points, where it's like, I'm having a picnic, a date with another man at a park, and I feel as I'm going to get, like, someone's going to come up to me and be all like, who are you two? What are you two doing? I felt that way. I, there was no rhyme or reason to, because it happens all the time. You, you got your, you know, your homies, you know, your your bromances of people just doing stuff. But it felt different. If I felt that I was being targeted, even though nothing showed that I was, but I felt that way because I knew what people would react like from all my times before that I've seen from knowing people at BYU, Idaho, who got caught, who got in trouble for a lot of these things, who got expelled, um, who got on probation because they were caught. But at the same time, it's like, well, what do I do? Because I can't deny myself. I can't just turn off my gayness, but I wanted to. I tried going out with a girl once, um, actually, and I thought, oh, this is great. Like, we get along. She's funny. Like, this is, this is really nice and fun. We ate pizza. We watched people play some soccer game. Um, but it, nothing ever happened with that. Found out later she's lesbian. So that didn't quite work out. But I'm glad she found herself as well. Um, and then comes the time when I... Finally, uh, this is where the story gets like a little bit heavy. <laughs> Get some juice to it a little bit. I know. I need to give you all, you know, give you all some some appetizers. I started dating someone up there that I had fallen in. Um, give me two seconds, please.
apologies. Someone knocked on our door. Um, my door, I guess. He doesn't live here. So. <laughs> um, the, uh, was I? oh yeah. So, so I started dating this person pretty heavily. Like I was full on infatuation. Like I thought this was my first love. Like it felt different. It felt so good to be around him. Um, we went to devotional together. We went to like, we didn't go to church together, but we went to devotion together, devotional, whatever you call it. I don't remember what it's called. And everything was going so great. We were planning a trip to Europe together. Like we were, we were, we were getting serious. We're all like, once we graduate from here, we're going to like move in, blah, 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 get married, blah, 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 whatever. Until I found out that he was emotionally and potentially physically cheating on me. And that broke me. It broke me hard. He broke up with me in public on our way to devotional, like on the sidewalk with other people around said, I'm going to start dating other people. And that broke me. That broke me. Because now all of a sudden I have to hold in my emotions, not only for him, but for everyone else around me. Because if they know what's going on, I get found out. Well, I spiral into a deep depression that lasted for months. I had come home from BYU, Idaho to live with my family for a little bit here in Utah. And the depression just did not stop. My parents noticed that I was different, that they saw my depression and they're all like, what's going on? I would say, no, I'm fine. But it wasn't getting better. So I was on the phone one day in my parents' basement talking to another friend of mine about my really bad ex-dating experience. And, you know, he asked me some questions. He was gay as well. And he asked me, so, like, what did you do? Did you go very far? Did, was there a lot of physical intimacy? Like, what was the, you know, what was your relationship like? And I told him some of the things that we had done and, you know, our relationship and whatnot. But as I'm discussing all of this, all of a sudden, I turn around and notice my parents are at the bottom of the staircase. And my mom is about to well up in tears, and my dad doesn't know what to say. And so I say to my friend, I will call you back. I have to take care of some things. And so my mom says, what's going on? And I don't know how much she heard. I don't know what she heard. I don't know how long they've been there. But I had the choice to either try and come up with a lie of some kind, again, like I've been doing for years, or I could just tell the truth, tell it all. So I decided to just lay it out on the table, just say, I'm gay. And of course, my mom bursts into tears. My father, again, stern look on his face, doesn't know what to say. And the first question that my mother asks me is, are you going to leave the family? And then the second question was, are you going to leave the church? I 
didn't know how to answer those questions because I never thought of those questions. Um, we had a lot of arguments, a lot of fights over what I was going to do with my life. A lot of preaching was done at me about X, Y, and Z, about, about you know, about bad, homosexual, bad, straight, good, you know, stuff like that. You know, my mom said, maybe say that you have same gender attraction and not that you're gay, because saying that you're gay means that you're living the lifestyle, which is inappropriate. And I said, no, you know what? I, 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 that's not how I view someone who's gay. Someone who's gay does not just mean they're living this sinful lifestyle. That just means that they're gay. They're attracted to the same gender. That's it. Um, but of course my answers weren't really good enough because I kept telling them, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so we went to a couple therapy sessions, hash things out and just similar to Grace's fears. And I think it's a very common fear that I think I would argue almost everyone who's LGBTQ plus might have, um, would be fear of rejection fear of being rejected by my family. And so I didn't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to, but I figured that things would get better, hopefully. I didn't know, didn't know how, didn't know when, but I figured that now that I'm being more authentic, things will start getting better. And so I eventually decided I don't want to go to BYU Idaho anymore. I transferred to Utah Valley University. I decided to live more authentically with myself. I started to date openly. I started to eventually come out to more and more people, came out on Facebook. And I received nothing but good, positive experience from that. No one ever said to me, you know, you're a sinner, you're bad. No one ever sent me any articles. No one tried to preach at me anymore. It just stopped. Now, granted, part of me still believes that people's own individual belief might be that being gay is wrong. But that's on them. That's not on me. That shouldn't reflect what I do, because no matter what happens, someone will disagree with something that you are or what you do, no matter what. And since then, I've never been happier. I've never, living authentically has been the best decision I've ever made. It's led me into contact with some of the greatest people that I have ever known. Um, and <laughs> Grace was saying, oh, I mean, it's true though. Like, honestly, you know, kind of in intertwining Grace and I's stories here a little bit, I guess. Like, if, you know, if I had never been so open and honest and tried to facilitate a, an environment where people can be authentic and honest with themselves, people like Grace may not have felt comfortable actually coming out and opening themselves up and saying, I am gay, I am trans, I am whatever you want to be. The main reason I came out is because I knew Taylor was gay and I knew that of anybody I told, he would accept me. Yeah. And so 
that's um is game that's yeah i mean ultimately that's that's the thing is like you don't know how much power you have when it comes to being open and authentic with you and with people around you because you could be the person that that person needs in their life to come out to to be there for you to be a friend and so yeah that's my story Thank you, Taylor. And he's not wrong. He did meet some amazing people. Uh, I am amazing, and I'm phenomenal. And everybody, everybody loves me un- until some of them find out I'm transgender. But before that, everybody loves me. So we're good. All right. Awesome. All right, Nathan. It's your turn, my friend. Um, can we actually skip Nathan real quick? Absolutely. All right, Miles. It's your turn. All right. So um, I definitely have a lot of similar experiences as as these two. So we might get a little bit of overlapping, but (laughs) Um, so start from the beginning. When I was a kid, um, I learned from a very young age that, um, well, I kind of taught myself from a very young age that making my parents happy will make me happy. And so I became a really big people pleaser. <laughs> um, and so I remember my my mom trying to get me to like wear a bunch of girly clothes and become like this princess. And at first I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like I didn't really have anything against it, but then eventually I just realized how uncomfortable that made me feel. And um, I quote unquote came out <laughs> as a tomboy <laughs> to my parents and, um, my mom actually, the way that she reacted to that affected why I didn't want to come out later because even just coming out as a tomboy was really hard for her because um, kind of like how Grace was explaining that, you know, boys wear these kinds of clothes, girls wear these kinds of clothes. And um, so I, that, those were the words that I had at the moment, at the, that time, the voc- vocab I had at the time was just saying that I was a tomboy. Um, and... I was kind of lucky in the fact that society accepts women wearing men's clothes more than they accept men wearing women's clothes. Um, and so I felt kind of lucky in that regards. Um, that I could wear what I wanted to and not be ridiculed and not have people, you know, yell at me or anything. Um, I remember this, <laughs> I, I had in my mind, like, I felt like I was a boy, but I didn't have the words to explain that. And um, when I was in fifth voice training, I was trying to get my voice lower, and um, I had shorter hair, not, like, super short, but it was shorter. And um, I remember there was this kid, he was probably, like, first or second grade, he comes up to me, and he was like, are you a boy? (laughs) And I just remember having like this huge smile on my face. I'm like, he thinks I'm a boy. But I tell him like, no, I'm a tomboy. And he got really confused because he had never heard that term before. So I had to explain to him that a tomboy was like a a girl that acted like a boy and stuff. And, um, but anyway, since that point, I just remember that was like, (laughs) I wrote that high for years. Just the fact that somebody thought that I was a boy. (laughs) Um, and when I got to seventh grade, seventh grade was the first time that I had heard the term trans. 
it was in a history class. Um, we had watched this documentary on trans kids and we had this whole discussion on how early is too early to transition, um, which kind of surprises me now that I think about it, that in Utah we had a class like that. But <laughs> uh, it was very interesting because I remember listening to these kids' stories and relating to it so much and realizing that I was trans and then the fear came. Um, just that fear that, you know, what would my parents think? What would the church think? How would people react to this? And so at that point, I started hiding it deeper inside myself. Um, like before that, I would like steal my brother's clothes and I was like very much so like acting like a boy, you know, um, and dressing like a boy and just very much so, you know, a little boy. But um, after that, I kind of held back on that a little bit and I started um, wearing more like tight fitting clothes and such, which is very uncomfortable for me. My mom was always telling me I needed to wear more tight fitting clothes to, so I can show my figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, and so I just kind of grew up as a tomboy um, that gradually tried to become more girly, but it didn't really work out. <laughs> um, and then I ended up serving a mission and um, that was kind of difficult for me, just in the fact that um, my mission president's wife, uh, she would, like almost every time that I would meet with her, she would tell me that I needed to wear makeup and I needed to do my hair better and I needed to wear better clothing because the clothes that I wore was were very like loose because I was pretty dysphoric about my body. <laughs> And um, she would tell me I needed to wear like a push-up bra to like accentuate my chest. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I was very, very uncomfortable with my chest. Like I was, I'm lucky that I was born with small chesticles. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it was just very uncomfortable that she was kind of pushing me to like look more like a girl basically. Um, and I do remember teaching some lessons on LGBTQ people. And um, the thing that I would always say uh, is, um, I don't believe there's anything wrong with gays or trans people. Um, it's only bad if you act on it. Like that's kind of what I was taught in church, you know, like it's only bad if you act on it. Um, and so that's what I taught everybody. And that's what I honestly believed. Like, I was like, well, I'm trans, but as long as I don't act on it, then, you know, I'm not being a bad person. Um, so I remember while I was on my mission, um, one of my childhood friends actually came out as trans. Um, and that's when I kind of got a glimpse as to how my parents would react if I came out as trans. And it wasn't a, a good reaction. <laughs> Um, so it was really hard for me because I had this really strong connection with this friend. Like we were really close growing up and, um, I suddenly didn't know how to interact with her because I was like, you are a trans female and I am a trans male, but I can't say that I'm a trans male. And so I can't say that I like understand you. And so I don't know how to interact with you. So I'm just going to pretend that we were never friends. 
And that was a really hard thing for me to do because I felt awful about it. And um, my parents were always talking about how they can't believe that he would do such a thing. And then I was like cringing at the fact that they were calling her a he and stuff like that, you know. But I couldn't say anything about it because if I said anything about it, I would clock myself out as trans. And um, yeah, so it was just kind of a difficult situation just having one of my close friends as this as a, um, coming out as trans and then seeing my parents' reaction to that. Um, but yeah, uh, I ended up um, dating some like some guys. And this, this one guy in particular, I was trying to, <laughs> I attempted to come out to him. And what I did was I said, um, you know, I kind of consider myself a guy. I'm uh, not exactly like most girls. And he, he just shot it down. He's like, no, you're a girl. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm a girl. <laughs> and um, then when I, I actually started dating this other guy and kind of the same thing, I tried to come out to him, but I was very nervous about it because this guy was like perfect. Like I loved him to death and it was just an amazing, healthy relationship. Um, and I kind of started off by like um, saying, hey, I think I'm going to start buying from the men's section, like clothes and such. And He's like, okay, sure, whatever. And then I was like, I think I might be non-binary just to kind of throw the whole trans idea out there um, without him thinking that I was going to like medically transition. Um, and so I was kind of like slowly trying to get my way to where I, he would be comfortable with me being a trans male. Um, but eventually he just decided that like he could tell that I was a trans male and he didn't want to hold me back. So he's like, you know, I love you and I want you to be happy and I'm a straight guy. So I'm going to break up with you, not because you're an awful person, but just because I respect you and I want you to be happy. And that was really difficult for me, but at the same time, I respected his, like what the way he went about that. Um, and <clears throat> something else that I struggled with for a while was, um, just my sexuality in general because um I realized just recently like I don't know within the past two years um that I'm actually asexual which is not a very known term like not a lot of people know trans people but even fewer people know ace people <laughs> and um I just remember growing up and having you know at church people would talk about how we're going to have those feelings and such kind of like, you know, um, what's your name? Tyler, Taylor. I forget. <laughs> Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. Uh, how like you were talking about how, um, we, they just talk about how it's, it's imminent that you're going to end up having these sexual feelings for the opposite gender or whatever. And I just never had that. And I was just, I kind of felt broken and I didn't understand what was going on. Um, but, I just decided, you know, I'm going to date guys because that's what I was always taught I had to do. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of how I realized that I was romantically attracted to men, but not sexually attracted. Um, anyway, when I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like going like in all different directions with the story, but um, 
before I started dating that guy that um, I was talking about, I was really, really struggling with my um, mental state, I guess. Uh, I was really struggling with a lot of depression. I was really depressed on my mission, but I didn't understand what that was until after the mission. I am like really surprised I wasn't sent home. I like, I should have been sent home with how depressed I was. Um, but um, the main reason that I felt like I was depressed was because I felt like so trapped how like I couldn't come out as trans because if I came out as trans, that would mean going against the church. And that would mean just like all these things, like people wouldn't stop loving me and all that. And I had this really deep understanding of the plan of salvation and I didn't understand how I could be trans and go to the celestial kingdom. And it just didn't make sense in my head. And so I just, I kept going deeper and deeper into this, this pit and I ended up becoming pretty suicidal. Um, and it was, I think, yeah, it was October of last year that I finally actually commit or attempted suicide. Um, and I ended up in the hospital for about a week or so. Um, and that's kind of when I got the slap in the face that I was like, okay, I need to come out and accept myself. Um, cause that's better than, you know, the alternative. <laughs> Um, and so I decided to, I started talking to my, one of my siblings. Um, it was kind of funny because apparently we were both talking to our significant others at the same time about us thinking that we were trans. Um, and so we kind of came to get together. And so we were kind of the first people that came out to each other. Um, they're non-binary, um, and so we decided to come out together to our family. Um, we weren't living in the same city, so we just decided to Skype. And it was actually Christmas Eve that we decided to come out to our family. And my mom got really mad that it was on Christmas Eve because she, she thought it was a bad timing, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, we decided to Skype in and um, I was like, I have something important to say, I'm trans, and dead silence. Nobody said anything, it's just dead, complete silence, and I just sat there, like, awkward. I'm like, so, what do you guys think? <laughs> and um, my dad, bless his heart, he was like, well, we're gonna love you no matter what, um, but we also don't understand this, so, he just didn't know how to like, he didn't know what to say, you know, it was a shock for everybody. And um, my mom <laughs> decided that I was basically, um, you know, going against everything that I believed and everything that the church taught and everything. And um, she bawled her eyes out and uh, <laughs> it was a very awkward call because not really anything was said except for I'm like I want to be called Miles and use he him pronouns and my sibling was like I want to be like yeah I want my name and preferred pronouns are they them and um then fast forward a little bit um you know I come out online and everything and um I my mom finally decided to, you know, sit down and listen to me and um, 
I kind of explained my struggles with the fact that I still believe in the church and its teachings, but it's just really difficult for me to um, live this sort of life that goes against that, I guess. Um, and I, so this is kind of a, something that is difficult to explain because um, it's something that not a lot of people decide to do because it is kind of something that people, <laughs> how do I explain this? <laughs> um, most people that come out as LGBT in the church decide to leave because of prejudices and because of their internal struggles with their um, testimony and also being LGBT. And um, that was a big reason why I didn't want to come out because I didn't want, first, I didn't want people assuming that I would leave the church. And second, I didn't want to end up leaving the church because I felt pressured to leave the church. Um, and so I just decided that um, I don't care what other people think. Um, I'm going to live my truth and that includes being a member of the church. Um, and that was a really hard decision for me to make because I feel very, um, I don't feel like I have a certain, like I don't have my group, you know, like there's the LGBT people and then there's the church people. And I'm like, I feel like I'm like in between and I don't, I can't really relate to both sides because the people in the church are like, you can't be LGBT and a member of the church. Like you're sinning and you're doing, you're just awful person. And then there's the LGBT people that um, struggle with accepting the church and their members because of their experiences. And that's totally valid. And because I understand <laughs> where they're coming from. Um, but it's just definitely been difficult to have that path where I still fully believe in the church and its teachings and I want to be active in the church but I'm also a trans male that um if I end up marrying anybody it would probably be male which would make me gay so <laughs> um but yeah um I don't really know what else to say I guess that's my story. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Let me tell you, the the day I saw you come out and stuff, I was freaking out. I was so happy. I was like, somebody who I know and who I know went on a mission knows what it's like to be on a mission and transgender. I was, oh man, that was like, I was just, I was so relieved when you came out that like I wasn't the only one, and I I know for a fact yeah. that I'm not the only one. But there, yeah. it's, nice, it's nice to know somebody um, who... Yeah, I actually, I didn't realize that you were trans until, like, um, I think I was, it was, like, five or six months after I, ha I had come out, and then I saw something on Facebook, and I was like, they're trans too? What? <laughs> yeah, and then I, I reached out to you, because I was like, yeah, fellow missionary person that's trans, yeah. <laughs> You're never going to know. And don't ever try to assume something because you never know. So just keep, everybody keep that in mind. Awesome. Thank you, Miles. All right, Nathan, do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Um, Nathan's turn, everybody. This guy likes hello. jazz music, so he's really cool. 
<laughs> um, so I've heard a lot of people talk about like coming out to themselves and I never like understood that because I just always knew that I was gay um, at a very young age. Um, and the first, as early as like first grade, I asked my parents what gay meant because people were saying it at school already, probably derogative, uh, uh, derogatively. But my dad was just like, oh, it just means happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it probably took me a, a year or two more to find out that gay people exist just from kids at school, probably that made them sound like freaks and weirdos and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was a, I was a very early bloomer and knew that I was physically attracted to men and that I was absolutely not physically attracted to women. Um, so I went through my entire adolescence knowing that I was not how the world taught me I was supposed to be. Um, and I liked what Grace said about the struggle being very internal. I didn't have a lot of bullying, uh, at least based on sexuality or anything. Um, it was hard, you know, I was very self-conscious of being too feminine or like, you know, I was just very self-conscious about giving any kind of flags that I was gay. Um, so that was scary. Um, but Yeah, so it was mostly just, you know, not understanding what my life plan was supposed to be, not understanding how I was supposed to do all of the things that the church taught me I was supposed to do and how I would get married. Um, initially, I thought I would not be able to get married and that I was just kind of doomed um, until I got my patriarchal blessing when I was 16 and it said I would find an eternal companion. I was so relieved, like, wow, God said I can get married. Um, and I, around that age, I came out to my bishop as well because I was just at a loss. I just had no idea how this was supposed to work. I had never heard anything about gay people or like, how are you gay in the church? Like, how does this even make sense? Why would God do this? Um, and fortunately my bishop was very compassionate and very, um, understanding and loving, but he had literally no clue what to tell me. <laughs> he gave me the... Um, he gave me the for young men only pamphlet, oh, which God. is not great. Um, <laughs> but that, that was all he knew how to do really. He was very loving and compassionate, but he was just like, you know, God loves you. I know that there are other people like you. I have friends that have come out as gay and like, but that was pretty, uh, hard for me to find out that even my religious leader didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, so I was just like, wow, not even like the church can tell me what God wants for me. Um, so I was just kind of at a loss for a long time after that as well. Uh, I got to BYU and uh, met a friend who was gay and he recommended this conversion therapist to me <laughs> that I didn't go see, but he shared several lectures by him. And I listened to them borderline religiously and was just fascinated by the idea that I could be straight. Um, so I had this, I, I had a good portion of my life where I was just 
repressing my sexuality with an iron fist, did not like trying not to look at any men, um, not to even think about being gay. Uh, but obviously kicking yourself for looking at men just makes you think about men more. So that's not a great approach. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it made me really happy because I was like, oh, this thing that I thought was a huge, terrible problem in my life can just go away. I can just change it. Um, uh, it didn't change. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a surprise. Um, but yeah, so I guess my outlook was I'll find a woman and make, make it work. Like, you know, I'll have to find someone. And I guess a lot like Taylor said, you know, somehow it'll work. You'll find a woman and you can get married and be happy because the gospel's all that matters. <laughs> um, uh, so I served a mission and fortunately uh, my mission was a really happy time for me. Um, I still don't have any regrets for it. It's actually, it was the first time in my life that I would go days and days without even thinking about being gay. Um, because, you know, it's you're just so immersed in the work. My mission was fairly obedient and the people around me were fairly obedient. And it was just like a really nice breath of fresh air to not think about dating or girls or being gay or anything. Um, so I loved my mission and that was a really good experience. Um, although I do remember having to endure uh, jokes from other elders about being gay, um, including jokes about uh, bad jokes, bad taste jokes, um, and then also enduring a convert of mine swearing that being gay was a choice and thinking, oh, I wish I could tell you that I know for a fact from personal experience, it's not, not a choice. Um, so there, there were hard things about it, but they were few and far between, honestly. Um, I, I guess while I'm on the topic in high school as well, I endured, you know, the F slur even directed, uh, towards me, which contributed to my self-consciousness. Um, anyways, after my mission, I was, I dated girls. I, you know, the plan was to marry a woman and I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta do this, gotta date girls. And, um, I did that and I had a very, uh, serious girlfriend for over two years, um, and came out to her two days before I had planned a proposal. I, you know, bought tickets and told all my best friends, made all the plans. We had honeymoon tickets. <laughs> um, I had the ring. So basically engaged. Um, and it was the hardest thing I had ever done to, the, to that point. But I just could not marry a woman without being honest with her. So I came out and said that I was mostly, if not completely, attracted to men. Um, and that was really hard and really hard for her as well. Um, she was supportive in me being gay, but she was not supportive in her marrying a gay man, uh, to my disappointment. <laughs> now I'm very grateful, <laughs> um, that she, you know, stood her ground and did not marry me just because the church said to, um, you know, she, 
accused me of jumping through celestial hoops, um, which is what I feel the church uh, does make a lot of people feel like they have to do. Like, you know, you're, you feel very obligated to do things, even if they're not very authentically what you want or need. Um, so that was probably the most depressed period of my life after that, because my, all of my plans fell through, all of my plans shattered. I didn't know what to do. I had zero desire to date women anymore. I had been very hurt. I was scared of hurting other women if I dated. And so I just had no idea what to do with my life. Um, and this beautiful future with a wife sealed in the temple that I had imagined was just gone. Um, and then eventually I read the blog of Josh Weed, who was at the time the, the poster child of mixed orientation marriage in the church. Um, and he announced their divorce and how uh, being married to a woman had affected his mental health and how it had uh, actually been very detrimental. And it was you know, very eye-opening for me. And I decided, you know, I don't want this for myself and I don't think God wants it for me. Um, so I decided I cannot, should not, will not marry a woman um, and so, yeah, that still wasn't a super bright outlook on life, um, you know, lifelong celibacy, loneliness, etc. Um, <clears throat> trying to figure out where to end the story. <laughs> um, oh, I haven't talked about any comings out. Um, so I came, I had come out to a bishop, another bishop, to my fiance, um, and that was it until I started going to therapy at BYU, um, which is no longer bad and electroshocky. <laughs> it is now good and affirming. Um, and I had the first like close gay friends of my life that I was out to and was able to feel a little more comfortable with who I was comfortable in my skin. Um, I had not realized that my entire life, I never felt like I fit in or belonged or was able to be authentic or honest with anyone I hung out with ever. I never had the experience of discussing crushes with all the other people at the sleepover party or whatever. I had never experienced feeling like or knowing I would be accepted in my peer group if I was honest. Um, so it was very refreshing and very good for me to experience being out to a group of people that accepted me and that I, you know, understood me. Um, and that gave me the courage to eventually come out to my four best friends, um, which unfortunately I did because we were in an argument, a very heated debate about whether you turn straight when you die. Um, ah, <laughs> normal debate. And actually, these debates came up a lot, and I always just had to pose as a very good ally. <laughs> and sometimes I would have to say, like, uh, gay people are allowed to go on missions, and they'd say, no, they're not. And I was like, well, I have a friend that went on a mission, and I didn't go secretly gay. Like, I was out to the bishop that sent me on my mission. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of pretending, uh, and it was really exhausting, really. 
Um, so I come out to my friends because they keep saying, if you die, you turn straight. And, you know, I, we were debating scripture and conference talks and this and that. And I said, okay, I give up, but whatever you do, never say this to a gay person. And they said, oh, of course, I would never say this to a gay person. (laughs) I I just could not stand the irony. And so I said, well, you just did. (laughs) Um, And that changed a lot. And my best friends have since changed a lot and have learned to be a lot more sensitive and accepting and open-minded. Um, and it took about a year after that for me to come to come out to any family, um, just kind of the tension and conflicts build it up with my parents and the pressure of dating women, um, just built to where I couldn't stand it anymore. And my mom was pulling the grandchildren card and saying, I don't have much longer left and you need to get married because what if I never see my grandchildren? And I just could not stand (laughs) everything building up. And I gave myself the ultimatum that I had to come out by this certain month when I was going to visit home. So I had this trip home planned and it was the morning that I was supposed to leave and I still hadn't come out. And so I sent an email explaining my entire story and more and saying, I'm gay and, uh, I didn't feel safe going home, not knowing how they would take it. And so I said, please tell me how you feel about this so that I can know if I should come home today or not, if I should drive home. Um, Which is sad to me and was maybe a little dramatic of me, but you really never know with church members, like Grace was saying, everything you're taught and like, it's hard to know how people are going to react. And so I didn't know if I was going to feel comfortable going home. Um, luckily my mom called me and, you know, was just, uh, just this outpouring of love and more than anything, she just wanted to say how sorry she was that I had to endure it quietly and alone for so long and that I had suffered without saying anything for so long. Um, and my dad said, come home and texted me rainbow emojis, (laughs) which was very moving and memorable considering he's a 70 year old not very tech savvy (laughs) white man (laughs) Um, so that was exciting um and yeah there's still it's still a process obviously um but yeah i'm a whole lot happier like it's crazy like um just not being afraid and not having to pretend and knowing what it's like for the first time in 27 years to be who you are around people who know who you are and not being afraid of that and not being ashamed. Um, and it was a very long process, um, but I'm glad I did it. Awesome. That's yeah. a good wrap up. <laughs> I, I just want to say that a couple things. If I'm trying to think of like the whole thing, if I had never gone on a mission, I would have never met Miles, and I would have never gotten to the point where, after coming home, because of like coming home from a mission, got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to start coming out, and so I moved to Utah. And because I'm moving to Utah, I got to meet Taylor, and I really got to meet a, an amazing person and a great friend. And because of meeting Taylor, I got to meet 
probably the person that like if high school me and nathan had met in high school i would be following this kid around non-stop because of how freaking cool he is dude <laughs> um but yeah so and then thank you Dan. thank you nathan um you're welcome <laughs> um, all right everybody keep their mutes mics unmuted now because now we're just gonna talk okay. and stuff um so one of the things that you may have noticed there is a very very big similar uh, very big connecting thing that happens between between all four of our stories um and you may be thinking well and if you're um if you're gay or you are transgender or you're asexual or you are non-binary whatever you are and you are a member of the church not a member of church there is one only one correct option do what is best for you don't do anything to i i miles said he's a people pleaser i am the same way if you knew me i was doing everything to make everybody else happy. I never ever gave a, a thought to my own happiness and stuff. But when I finally decided that I need to be happy for myself, that's when I decided that I needed to come out. And I think all three of you can like kind of attest that like that was what you needed to do to be the most happy. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yes, I, I am definitely so much happier now. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally couldn't be happier. The very first time, okay, again, I'm 6'5", I have a very deep voice, I get that. The very first time I got to go out um, with feminine uh, clothes on, with makeup, I went with Taylor to uh, a place called Suntrap up in Salt Lake, and um, Taylor's uh, friend, uh, or Taylor's roommate did my uh, makeup and stuff, and the compliments I was getting, I just, oh, oh you look so pretty, oh, I love your top. And to be fair, the top is actually a dress. It's actually a dress, but because of my massive stature, it was t it barely was below my belly button. So, awesome. <laughs> but I I never felt happier. Like just being out, it was never made me feel so happy. And then I went home to visit my family in Oregon um, back a couple of weeks ago, halfway through August and stuff. And I went with my mom to do some shopping and stuff. And this is where I really think, uh, I mean, this is the only good thing that has come out of wearing a mask for the coronavirus. But it does sh kind of hide my lower face. And you can't really, looking at just at somebody's eyes it's, and uh, forehead, it's hard to tell, especially if they're very, trying to present female like me, it's hard to tell if they're male or not and stuff. And we went shopping, we went into this one store and one of the clerks was like can i help you ladies with anything and i was like almost broke down in the middle of the store because that was the first time ever i had gone out in public and somebody had said oh like used a like a feminine word towards me because i'll go i'll go out in public with the most feminine uh outfit i have i'll put i'll do my makeup and without even opening my mouth and this was before I had to wear a mask for a corona and stuff. But before I even opened my mouth, people would say, oh, look at this guy. Oh, what's he doing? And all that stuff. And it's just, there's nothing more hard to hear than when you're trying so hard to present some some way. And here's, here's somebody say the opposite of 
how you're presenting. It, it's hard. Can I share a story real quick? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, when I had first come out, I wasn't passing like at all, um, but I was trying. And I was working at this um, Dollar Tree and there was this, this one family, I was a cashier and this one family came up and they were putting their things on the belt so I could scan it. And the, the dad looks at the kid and he goes, put it on the belt so she can scan it. And this kid looks at me and looks at his dad and looks back at me and he's like, you mean he, so he can scan it. And I was just like beaming. <laughs> it was the best feeling ever. There's nothing, there's nothing, especially talking with like other uh, transgender people, there's nothing more just, I've never felt happier than the first time somebody said, uh, without me knowing this person, somebody saying she, her, lady. Uh, it's just, it's an amazing feeling. Um, and if you're if you're watching this and you're just doing this to listen and to ridicule people uh ridicule us for for being who we are and stuff first off gross you're a terrible person second off <laughs> understand that it is not easy coming out it takes a lot of courage i've never the three people i'm talking to are some of, in my opinion, some of the most courageous people I've ever met in my life. Because I know what it's like to come out. They know what it's like to come out. And it's hard. It's terrifying. Because it is the most unknown thing that you will ever experience. You have, you, you, you can't anticipate anybody's reaction. Um, but if you, oh, go ahead, Taylor. Oh, sorry. No, I just, I kind of wanted to share a thought if I could real quick. Absolutely. Before you go on. Apologize, but um, about this common theme that we've been hearing of validation and the fact that you know both you have shared or all everyone has shared story or at least some we have mentioned the idea of validation in some way, shape, or form. Now, for someone like me, you know, hearing from my parents, how is your dating life, or something like, how is he doing? knowing that it's romantic is validating my identity, validating, you know, masculinity, femininity, like validating that validation costs you nothing, but can mean everything. Absolutely. And that's, that, that's what I want people to understand is like, you may not think that it's right, whatever that means, but it does, you no harm. It costs you nothing. Just to say, how are you ladies today? Yeah. How are you gentlemen doing today? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I actually, I talked to this guy that, um, he's a really strong member of the church and he is an ally. And he talks about how there is nothing in your um, baptismal covenant that says you can't like call somebody by their preferred name or pronouns or like validate people in the LGBT community. If anything, <laughs> being more Christ-like means accepting them and loving them for who they are and what, and you know, yeah. So just be Christ-like and love like Christ. -like. Their happiness over being right. Yeah. And another thing um, that I want people to understand. Uh, yeah. And, both right on the dot. I was actually going to bring up both of those points, so I actually really appreciate that you guys did it, so I'm not talking the whole time. But <laughs> another thing um, 
that I've I've seen and I've definitely been told a lot. Um, gosh, uh, is oh well, it's gonna be so weird for me because I knew you for twenty three years as a guy, <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's weird for you, but if you think about it, it was more weird for me because I've spent three <laughs> years lying that I was a guy. So yeah. <laughs> keep that in mind. Like it's been a year since I came out. Oh, it's still weird. Okay. It's weird for you, but it was weird for 23 years for me. And now for the first time ever for a whole year, it hasn't been weird. So keep that in mind, please. Um, it just, it, there's nothing. Okay. Everybody needs somebody in their life that will be there for them and support them. Especially people who are going through a, an unknown situation, um, like coming out. So to say, yeah, I'm going to support you no matter what, and then adding a but it's going to be really hard for me to adjust is, is, is something that really does not need to be said. I, I heard that from a lot of people and I don't blame people for saying that because it's, it's a understandable reaction saying, Oh, but it's going to be a, it's, you're going to have to give me patience because it's hard to adjust. It's just like, I know, I know that I know it's going to be hard for you to adjust, but it will mean a lot if you can just try your best. Um, especially being a, a transgender woman, it just, there's nothing that means more to me than when my family has actually tried to, um, just try to, and they have done a phenomenal job. I am, I am, I'm, I'm so lucky with the family that I have that all of them have been so accepting and stuff. Like I, I, when I went home, um, uh, to Oregon a couple weeks ago, my mom was, my mom has pictures of all, all of, the, her kids all five of us and stuff and she's had i'm going to this isn't something i normally do but i'm going to drop my dead name she had jordan on my picture frame for a very long time and and that's fine it, i i told her i was like you do what makes you comfortable another instance of me people pleasing and stuff it just you do what makes you comfortable even though it, it did kind of bother me, but I was, I didn't want her to, I didn't want to be like, oh, the sun, bro. I didn't want to be like, um, yeah, I don't want you to do anything like that. I don't want to speed up your process and stuff, but it did make me uncomfortable. And I go home and she's changing all of the, she's, she took, she was relabeling all of the pictures, frames and stuff. And she labeled it with mine is with grace. And that meant a lot to me. It just, it felt so like amazing to know that my family really is here to support me and it's just an amazing thing um a couple quick a uh, couple last things that i want to reiterate and bring up again before we end this um first off remember whether you are in the closet or you are out if you're a member of the church if you're not a member of the church no matter what you do just do what makes you most happy. Um, that's the most important thing is your own happiness. Um, it, if you try to hide it and try to make other people happy, that can help a little bit, but you need to make sure you're looking out for yourself too. Um, the next thing 
um, just because somebody you know and you've loved for a long time comes out of the closet and tells you that they are gay or transgender or anything of, in the LGBT community, just because they trust you doesn't mean they're still not scared to tell you, okay? It's, it's still scary. <laughs> it's still scary. So having a, an instant reaction of, uh, an instantly negative reaction is a very damaging thing because, like I was saying, when I was coming out, I was expecting everybody to just not ever want to have communication with me. So having a negative reaction is not the best thing. It's hard to not have a... It's hard to... If you're... If you... Somebody comes to you and say, says, tells you that they are gay, and it really frustrates you, it, it, is, it could be a hard thing to mask. But... I think the best reaction that you can have to avoid um, really damaging that person is just saying, just being like, thank you for telling me I need to, I need some time to think. If, if you're having a negative reaction, that's, that's all you need to say. You don't need to put that person down. You don't need to invalidate that person um, because you shouldn't. It's not an, it's not an appropriate reaction. Um, and then... Always remember that saying things like, oh, well, I'm, I'm losing this child, or oh, I've, I've, I've lost my, my kid. Please don't say that. Um, that's, uh, that's all I can say is that just instantly is a thought in the head where like, oh, well, shoot. This was a bad idea. It's bad. Yeah, can, can I share something real quick with that? Yeah. Yeah, it was very difficult for me because, um, like I kind of explained before, I was really suicidal. And um, when my, my mom told me, like, after I told her I started testosterone, she told me, she said, I just, I feel like I lost my daughter and, like, my child is dead. And just hearing that after she knew how suicidal I was and stuff, I, I was like, you do realize that's not comparable, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, would you rather me be actually dead <laughs> than like yeah. here still, but just different in your eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's not something you should say to your child. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the things you say, you may think they sound harmless, but you don't know how people are going to react to the way you say things. And especially somebody in such a vulnerable state is just, it's so damaging. Um, so always remember, uh, and this is for the people who aren't, um, gay or transgender or any, any, it, this is for you guys that don't classify in the LGBT community. It takes no effort to be a kind person. Like Taylor said, validation costs you nothing. Okay. It is not hard to be a good person. I don't care. And this is this is me being very serious and it's going to probably uh, it's going to probably piss some people off. I do not care what you have been taught for your entire life. 
I know for a fact that you have not been taught to be a shitty person, okay? So in order for you to truly be a part of your religion and be uh, Christ-like, like Miles was saying, to love one another, you cannot put people down for being in the LGBT community. That is not okay. It never will be okay. We are people. We are not the same as everybody else. Just like everybody else isn't the same. It is not okay to be a terrible person. It costs you nothing to be nice, to be a kind, good-hearted person. I have been, and this, I, just a quick, a quick trigger warning, because I am going to say something that is heavy it is but i have been called now because the number has gone up i have been called to my face a tranny faggot in person 11 times since coming out okay that was at nine at the beginning of august it has happened twice since i've come out it is the most disgusting thing you could say to somebody who is gay transgender asexual non-binary bisexual anything if you use slurs, that is a horrible thing. You've already lost every every ounce of respect I have for you. It does not cost a thing to be nice to people. Especially people who could, by coming out, lose everything. I could have, me and all three of these guys, we could have lost all of our family. We could have lost all of our friends. We could have lost everything. I mean... We're lucky. I'm lucky that I have a job that says that I won't be fired for being transgender. Because uh, people have lost jobs. I, around the world, people have lost jobs because of who they are. People have lost their life because of who they are. It, it is a hard thing to come out. So it is very important that, you, that people remember that even though it's different than what you were taught, it doesn't invalidate somebody. It doesn't make them less of a person, okay? I just wanted to get that out there. It's it's just super important to do your best to be kind to everybody because you don't know the situation at all. Um, I'd like to, okay, now that that's done, I'd like to, we're going to just kind of wrap this up. I really am very thankful that Miles, Taylor, and Nathan were able to do this. Um, for me, this is a, a new, like I said, this is a new thing. Um, it could be new for these three as well. And I really, I'm very thankful for the three of you coming out and doing this. It means a lot. Um, if you made it through the whole thing and you listened to the entire thing, I really appreciate it. Um, remember, I'm not trying to attack anybody's religion, any organization. I'm just trying to tell people that they need to understand that not everybody lives similar lifestyles and that's okay um if people believe in things that cause nobody any harm or no violence they cause no violence they're not bad people okay we're not bad the anybody in the lgbt community is not a bad person by any means just just solely based off the fact that they are who they are does not make them a bad person so if you know anybody who is gay or transgender or anything, reach out to them and, and let them know that you support them. That means a lot. Hearing all the people message me on Facebook, 
for every one person I had who was nasty to me or unfriended me, I had probably about 10 people message me saying that they're there, they're there for, to support me. And that means the world to anybody. So if you know somebody who is going through similar things, reach out to them and let them know that you're there to support them. Um, and if you're um, in the, if you're, if you're not, if you haven't come out yet, um, whether you're, you haven't come out, you're a member of the church, not member of the church, you're out, you're not out, whatever you are, if you need somebody to talk to, you're more than welcome to message me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Camo63Grace, or you can email me at understandingpodcast at gmail.com, and I will, I will talk to you, I will be there to support you, I will do my best to be that person for you. Um, do you guys have any, like, social medias that you're willing to give out, or, or no? Because if not, that's fine. Um, I can, if you want, um... If you do email, end up emailing that one podcast, I can just do this. Um, if you want, in the subject, uh, you can type out for Miles or for Nathan, for Taylor, and I will not read it at all, and I will just forward them the email, and then I will delete it so I don't read it. Um, I think that's actually what we're going to do. I think that's a better option. So if you have, if you want to share your stories with somebody um, or share your experiences or you like really like connected with one of our stories email understanding podcast at uh, gmail.com right in the subject for grace for taylor for nathan for miles um and then i will make sure the correct person reads that um do you guys have anything else to say before we call it quits okay well i'm good awesome again thank you guys yeah. so much for coming out thank you for listening um i know i kind of got a little bit harsh back there but it takes nothing to be a good person so always keep that in mind um this video was sponsored by nothing so <laughs> except for being a good person okay all right thank you all for listening um and we will hopefully have more of these episodes uh they, they will be on spotify they will be on um itunes and it will be posted on my Facebook and Twitter and stuff. So check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.